welcome to the Destined for Success podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and this podcast used to be called New Manager Media, Managed Right from the Start. Many of the concepts are the same, but there's a little shift. There's a shift because I know we are all destined for success, and I want to help you find the fastest, smoothest way to reach your highest best as quickly as possible. Join me in today's episode where you're going to come up with new ways to build your skills and influence others to make the impact you desire to make. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Welcome to Destined for Success. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and I'm so excited today. This episode is being recorded as part of Potapalooza, and it is an amazing event where I have connected with some fabulous people who are either podcasters or like to be guests on podcasts to get their message out. And it can be a both and, either or. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I am so honored to have Adela Azal with us today, and she has been not only in the Army and the Navy, but has had successful restaurants, which that in and of itself is a huge accomplishment. Today, we're going to tap into three keys to leadership and success. Please welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. I tell you, I'm ready. I have my cup of hot tea here and a nice blanket wrapped around my feet. I'm telling you, I am just fired up. Thank you for opening your doors to me, Jennifer. Oh, thank you for, uh, you know, walking through. I'm so happy to have you here. So three keys to leadership. Tell me a little bit about your history, how you landed on this. Let's go. Yeah, hello everyone. As Jennifer said, my name is Queen Adela Aza. I'm actually Queen the Second. I am a mother, a vegan, a veteran, and my oomph. It comes from just helping the voiceless to go from fizzle to fire. <laughs> well, um, so how do I get into this? Well, let me start by saying that there's just a touch of irony in my origin story. I joined the military right after high school. And on top of that, I was a single teenage mother, a mother with a speech impediment. But I knew I, knew I needed to make some, some pretty bold choices, right? And so the first thing I did was I enlisted into the Navy for the education and for the quick independence. And then I went into the Army and I followed a family tradition when I did that, which made a lot of my aunts and uncles very happy. But when I retired from the Army, I retired as the first African-American female to earn the rank of first sergeant um, in field artillery history. And so I know a little bit about secrets to leadership, let's just say that, (laughs) (laughs) a lot to be dangerous. And so now I help others to find their voice, the same thing that I had to do for myself and also the same thing that I've done for hundreds of others. And so now I am just, I'm called to serve, Jennifer. All to serve. I love that because if you, you know, put service first, everything else kind of falls into place, doesn't it? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Three keys. What's our first key? What are we going to pop into? Well, I would say, Jennifer, let's, let's start with a little bit of a mindset because the first key is you have to know 
where your power comes from. Where does your power come from? Does it come from a vision? Does it come from consciousness or faith, the cosmos or nature or even the universe? It's really important to have a source of power for uh, three reasons. One, it allows you to tap into some sort of system of accountability, right? Um, Two, it can mean all the difference between you having a fixed mindset and a growth mindset. And then let's just say three, you know, three is when you understand the power, your power source, it allows you to just see the bigger picture. So that way you don't crumble in the face of fire. So the first key, you have to determine where your power comes from. What is the source of your power? That, that is so big because I um, work with people on finding alignment and the alignment comes from that power and that's when it feels good. Right. Cause Absolutely. yeah, I can do this. Like I can just do it. <laughs> wow. Important. I love that. Thank you. Absolutely. What else? Oh, so let's go ahead. And, and I like this autonomy. Yeah, let's go ahead and roll into girl. the second <laughs> So the second key to to successful leadership is just knowing that you have to be able to humanize the hard things that your people have to do. You have to humanize it. And you do this, one, by creating a safe environment for your people, safe to bring you ideas and grievances before they, you know, spread into a wildfire. If you want to humanize your people, You have to start by creating systems in which people can be seen, people can be heard, and people can be felt. This is how we humanize. This is how your people will also determine if you are passionate about what you're doing. It's also how you lead with compassion. So the second key to success is you have to be able to humanize the hard things that your people are going to endure. The first thought that came to my mind when you said that was I was part of a couple of reorganizations in my federal career. I was never military, but I was federal government for many years. And one, we had a secretary. I worked for the Department of Housing and Urban Development, and he came up with this brilliant idea. And this was back in the uh, probably late 90s, early 2000s. And he had this 2020 vision which is funny that we're now 2022, but he had this 2020 vision and he didn't mean it like the year. He meant it like, let's see clearly this is where, you know, this is the direction of the agency. And what he did was it was almost like throwing all the dice in the little thing and shaking it up and throwing them on the table. At least that's how it felt to us. And he moved people all over the country. If you didn't move, you were out of a job. Nobody understood why they could have done their jobs where they were. And at some point after hundreds, literally hundreds of people had moved across the country. Many people had lived in the same city pretty much their whole life, but they needed to keep their jobs. So they moved. He said, oh, wait, I heard that people aren't happy with this. They didn't like moving from St. Louis, Missouri to Oklahoma City. You know what? Nobody else has to move. So the people who were late getting on board to the party, which normally we would chastise, 
are the ones who never had to move. And there was no human factor in that, right? He had his vision without ever contemplating the impact. Yes. Seen, felt, heard. Absolutely. And the second one was my next reorganization that, you know, ended up really great for me because I was able to retire early Mm -hmm. because they had this reorganization and I could retire or relocate. And I was like, I'm out that door. Yay, me. (laughs) I was not staying around. But they made this huge announcement on a Wednesday at one o'clock central time. Mm -hmm. Yes, people, I know that it was such a huge day in my life. The very next day, the woman who spearheaded the situation, the reorganization, had a meeting with our, um, our, the first offices impacted by this. And as soon as, you know, does anybody have any questions? And as soon as people started peppering her with questions, she got, I'm just going to say it. She got very pissy Mm -hmm. and she got very argumentative. And she ended up cutting off the call. You have told over a hundred people in five states that they all have to move to one place or or quit or retire, depending on your circumstances. And you thought they would be happy about that? Like, and so my thought was she should have put on her big, big girl panties that morning and been ready to take that on. Like you don't make an announcement like that one day and then, and expect people to be all in on that. So being able to humanize it, like that whole piece was left out. A lot of people, there are people now several years later, and I talk to you from time to time, they're still mad about it. I got over it really quickly because I was super happy to retire and start my own business and move on down the road. But there are people really injured and uh, traumatized even Mm -hmm. still. So, wow, that's a super impactful. So, Jennifer, you see why the steps are cumulative, because, you know, if these supervisors, one, had a system of accountability, which we get when we have a power behind our when we have a power source backing us. They didn't have a system of accountability to check into. They weren't able to show compassion and it seems as though even passion for what they're doing. So each key is accumulative. So yeah, you were very fortunate that you know you had the mindset and you were resilient and things worked out for you and look at you now, look at what you're doing. You're spreading good news to, to your people, to you know, um, but not everyone has that story, unfortunately. Well, exactly. And, you know, it comes down to choice in some situations and circumstances in others. So that's a whole nother episode. Okay. So what is the third key? Oh, there are so many keys that I can draw from. So let's see, since this is going to be the third and final key, I'll give you guys this one. When you are a leader, you need to understand that everything is on you. Everything is on you. As a leader, I take responsibility for plenty of things that wasn't or isn't my fault because I want the control. I refuse to give away my power. And in understanding that everything is on you, you also have to understand that as leaders, we have a special burden. You're not allowed to make decisions like other people. We are held to higher standards, right? So number three, 
You have to really, really buy into the concept. There's no more victim mentality. Everything is on you. The good, the bad, the ugly, the indifferent. It is on you. Do not give away that power. So there are times when things come from up above and not up above, like heavenly up above, but up above in the hierarchy. And we have to implement things that we may not fully be on board with. And we're trying to wrangle a staff, wrangle a team, get them on board while we're getting ourselves on board. And it can be very difficult not to fall into the victim mentality. So do you have at least one suggestion that could uh, keep me in the future from falling into that space? Right. So, you know, I believe at the heart of everything, everything begins with mindset first. And when you become a leader, you have to understand everything that comes with the territory of leadership. Because one, people who play the victim role, they usually play the victim role because they are afraid to take responsibility because they are afraid to be fussed at or um, afraid to um, be blamed for whatever reason. They just can't take the heat, right? But when you understand everything that comes along with the territory of leadership, you become more resilient. Let me give you an example. A few years ago, I needed something more functional in in the means of a, a vehicle when I opened up my vegan restaurants. And I decided that I was going to get a a truck. And so when I walked into the dealership, I saw this huge truck on the floor with a big ribbon. I didn't test drive it. I just pointed at it and I said, I'll take that one. The salesman said, you don't want to take it for a spin? I said, no, something is wrong with it. I, I know where to bring it. I know. I looked at that truck and I knew instantly it's a truck. What comes with the territory of owning a vehicle? I'm going to have to put fuel in it, right, Jennifer? I know that one day I'm going to have to change the oil. If I keep it long enough, I am going to have to change out the alternator. And even more so, I know that one day I'm going to go into Walmart to buy groceries. And when I come out of Walmart, there's going to be a ding on the door that wasn't there when I left. It comes with the territory of automobile ownership. So when something like that happens to my automobile, it does not rock my world. So how does that relate to leadership? Same way. There are certain things that just comes with the territory of leadership. You see, when you step into a leadership role, you already know that you're probably probably going to face, you know, uh, situations of insubordination. You already know, depending on if you're a corporate role, role or not, you already know that you're probably going to have to let some people go. You already know that you're probably going to have to give somebody an award who you probably know just really doesn't deserve it, right? You already know that you're going to have to face all these things. When you wrap your mind around that, it's like when it comes your way, it's like, I knew you was going to come before you even got here situation. I knew you was, but guess what? I've already developed a particular set of skills for this. So I'm resilient. So I'm not a victim. I knew you was going to be here before you even got here. So let's handle this. So as a leader, we know that, look, no excuses. An excuse is just an inability to perform. That's what an excuse is. No excuses. If, if, if I'm late, I walk in, I'm late. There is no excuse. You're just wasting more time. No excuses. Don't be afraid of blame. I've, I, I spent over 20 years in the military. I've been cussed out by generals. I've, I've been cussed out by the best and I have cussed out the best, right? So I'm not afraid of blame. I'm not afraid of blame. So 
Um, my point is just understand what comes along with the territory of any position that you decide to, you know, step into that will help you a lot as far as, um, not, you know, embracing a victim mentality. I, I completely love the analogy that you used. And I think a lot of times when it comes to life in general, we buy that truck and we expect it to be perfect for the next yeah. 20 years, which is not reasonable or rational or no. in any way possible. But I never really considered when I stepped into a leadership role, all of the things that I would have to encounter or endure because Sometimes I just have that Pollyanna. It's not going to happen to me. So I think I tried not to be the victim. Uh, Might have been a time or two when, <laughs> when I probably shouldn't have. But, you know, I got better. You get better over time. And I like to tell people, you may not have done it right this time or today, but you've got an opportunity to do better tomorrow. Yes. So yes. Let, let's try to do it better. I love our, our three things where we've got to have the mindset and have systems in place. We have to be able to humanize everything. And the more we do that, the better it is. And to know when you're the leader, everything is on you. And this, this whole thing, it comes with the territory. Uh, I hope you don't mind. I'm taking that from you. I'm going to be using, oh, please. <laughs> I'm going to be using that. So if our listeners would like to get hold of you, the information will be in the show notes, but why don't you just tell us real quickly, how can we get hold of you? How can we work with you? Yes. Well, Jennifer, let me just say first that it has been an amazing hour of power with you. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at Adela, which is spelled A-D-A-L-A-H at Adela Aza at Facebook or Adela Aza at Instagram, or you can go to my website at www.chiefexecutivesister.com. Feel free to DM me and tell me how I can be of service. I love that. And I love the whole service piece. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'm Jennifer Takagi with Destined for Success, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. Thank you for taking your time to spend with me on this latest podcast of Destined for Success. Please take a moment to leave a review, share it with a friend, and subscribe and get the newest episodes every Monday morning. I'm Jennifer Takagi, and I look forward to connecting with you soon.